part three and possibly final of session 92. Let's talk here about the iconography and qualities of the potentiator of the mind. Let's begin. In the last episode, we discussed the functions of the potentiator of the mind and many questions regarding these dynamics between the potentiator and the rest of the mind with the matrix, with the significator, and so on. And now we're going to go into the iconography of the potentiator of the mind, which is, of course, the card in the tarot number two. And I left right before last session I left right before we started exploring this so we're gonna pick up really quick I think we can finish this session today we'll see it's not uh, they're not very long questions or answers and they are all in terms of uh, mostly I would say in terms of the, the different um, depiction symbology that is in in the card so again, this all has to do with studying the card and you can you can also check in the description. There is a link for lawofwa.info where you can go at the bottom and see there are categories. I believe there are on the main page, but if you go to any session, I know that if you go to any session and then you go to the bottom, you can see there, there are links that says Tarot Study and it's it's helpful to look at all the imageries remember there is 22 cards and so you can you can have that as um support for your study in any case let's find out what we have in this direction of the iconography of card number two and so this is question 21 and don says card number two the potentiator of the mind. We see a female sitting on a rectangular block. She's veiled and between two pillars which seem to be identically covered with drawings, but one much, much darker than the other. I am assuming that the veil represents the veil between the conscious and subconscious or matrix and potentiator. Is this correct? And Ross says this is quite correct. So. You can check if you're on YouTube, you can check at the image here. And you can see that the uh, the figure is sitting on a rectangular box or seems to be sitting on something that looks like a square. Now, as far as I understanding, uh, as I understand it, the square in the cards always depict the illusion, which means this third density. So how do we know we are in third density? Because we have uh, six organs. We have five sense organs and one mental one. Uh, that is the one that generates thoughts and images and visions and so on. So that is what it represents. Think about it that way. That's the matrix. That's what the matrix is, uh, is registering all the time, these senses. And so uh, the box represents that. Keep that in mind. They're going to talk about the box in 
I think the next question or the other one. But just always keep in mind that in the tarot, the the boxes, the squares, the rectangles, uh, all these squared things represent the illusion of third density. So um, what else did Don say here that we can look at the card? Um, she's veiled, so there is a veil in her eyes. But look at the veil is not like a curtain or drapes. You know, it's completely um, covering her eyes. It's um, it's it's porous. You can see through it, and yet it it hides something. So to me, that represents the uh, quality of the veil, which is permeable. It can be penetrated. You can gaze through it. Um, so we have the rectangular block, the veil, um, and the veil is what he assumes, Don, that represents the veil between the conscious and the subconscious or matrix and potentiator, which is correct. And what else do we have? We have the pillars. So the pillars, we're going to discuss them further, uh, but we can already see that the pillars represent one dark, one light, negative, positive path. Let's keep looking at the questions now. Question 22, Don says, I am assuming that she sits between the different colored columns, one on her left, one on her right. The dark one is on her left. To indicate at this position an equal opportunity, you might say, for potentiating for potentiation of the mind to be of the negative or positive path. Would Ra comment on this? Yes. Ra says, although this is correct, it is not as perceptive as the notice that the priest, as the figure has been called, sits within a structure in which polarity symbolizes, as you correctly noted, by the light and dark pillars is an integral and necessary part. So. Okay, um, it is not only what was Don's assumption, um, e offering an equal opportunity. I think that's actually very, very clear what Don said, right? Um, she sits between the different columns because there is potentiation equal, opportunity for potentiation for both positive and negative. So what is Ra expanding on from that keen observation, which I think we all got as well? She sits within a structure in which polarity, symbolized by the pillars, is an integral and necessary part. Okay, so we are emphasizing here the foundational aspect of polarity for the potentiator to be the way it is. Now it's interesting, I'll note this, that before the veil, it seems that these pillars were not there, seems to me, because potentiator is trying to um, provide potentiation towards the negative and the positive path, and yet the negative path was not there when the veil was not present. So it seems like the veil creates these two pillars. And so the, the potentiator is there 
for or created in third density illusion in this third density illusion through the veil uh, to have those so yeah that's as far as we can get here they're symbolized correctly noted by the light and the dark pillars as an integral and necessary part of potentiation again the distinction made that it is after the veil as far as i know i don't think there were dark and light pillars and prior to the veil then Ra finishes and says the unfed mind has no polarity just as intelligent infinity has none the nature of the sub 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 logos which offers the third density experience is one of polarity not by choice but by careful design we perceive an unclear statement the polarity of potentiator is there not for the matrix to choose it is the it is there for the matrix to accept as given so we're going to find out that the significator is the one that is paired with the choosing remember the choice is card 22 so we pair them both um, and we know that uh, the choice is actually what's making the um the active choice because uh it represents it represents consciousness to me intelligent infinity so that's the one that is inevitably at the end uh, making the choice nobody else there is no significator and uh, choice like two separate entities there is only one entity but we can see its parts there is consciousness of the choice and that that is paired with the significator. So, okay. In analyzing what Ross says here, uh, they repeat something that we have talked about at least twice, I think, which is to say that the matrix of the mind has no polarity, right? It is only there to be given what is offered. So the matrix is uh, like a canvas, right? I've been calling it a screen or the interface, which is, it has to be blank. Whatever is projected in the interface then is a result of the program, whatever we have programmed into the manifestation, the creation, which is our own creation. And so just like intelligent infinity has no polarity, the matrix doesn't either. Um, it is the subconscious or unconscious mind that offers some sort of um, view which can be then determined by polarity and that's that's what the the unconscious part is in this projection of reality interesting also that they call sub 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 logos they say the nature of the sub 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 logos which offers the third density experience is one of polarity not by choice, but by careful design. Interesting because I think this is the only part in the, the raw material where they refer to a triple sub logos. If you remember, I think the general um, acceptance is that the logos is always the galaxy, then the sub logos is the sun in our case, and then the sub-sub logos is the mind-body-spirit complex, 
which acts as a analog for higher self, higher self being the one that is uh, guiding the process of incarnation. So now they call it sub 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 logos. So is there a sub within us? Probably. Some people interpret this as this being the matrix. So the matrix being the sub 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 logos, uh, especially after Ra says that the unfed mind, the matrix, um, is as intelligent infinity. So how do we tie in this with all the cosmology? I don't think I can do it. <laughs> um, but they can also be they could also be referring as the sub 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 logos as us without the higher self. You see? So I don't know. I really I, I would leave this for interpretation to you. Um, then they say we perceive an unclear statement. I guess they're referring to Don's statement here. And then they finalized by saying that the polarity of potentiator is there not for the matrix to choose. Again, the matrix is not choosing. The matrix um, function is to simply receive, right? It is there for the matrix to accept as given. So receive as it is given. Um, the monitor is not choosing which windows it's going to display. It is only there receiving what it is. So, yeah, we begin to flesh out a little bit more the dynamics between these parts of the archetypical mind, which again, it's just the structure in which we are experiencing life. Don't try to complicate it much. Always keep in mind that this is the practical aspect of understanding the archetypical mind is that we understand the different parts of our shared experience. We all experience this through the different parts of the archetypical mind. Nobody can say, oh, you know, my uh, significator doesn't exist or I don't have a transformation because I haven't experienced transformation in a long time, whatever. We're all, we're all under this structure. It's just that no, nobody uses them or uses it in the same way. And Ra talked about this in the past. Let's move to the next question. This is question 23. And Don says, in other words, this particular illusion has polarity as its foundation, which might be represented by the structural significance of these columns. Is this correct? Ra says, this is correct. So what I said about the pillars is actually... Um, true in the sense that they exist because uh, the veil, right? This particular illusion has polarity as its foundation, says Don. Uh, so this is represented by the columns. It's the structure of this reality, of this human experience, this third density. And yeah, that's because of the veiling process. So, easy peasy there. Question 24, Don says, it seems to me that the drawings on each of these columns are identical, but that the left-hand column, that is one of the priestess left, has been shaded much darker, indicating that the events or the experiences may be identical in the incarnation, but 
may be approached and viewed and utilized with either polarity as the bias. Is this in any way correct? Ra says, this is correct. You will note also from the symbol denoting spirit in manifestation upon each pillar that the one infinite creator, creator is not respecter of polarity but offers itself in full to all. Yet another point to be made about the negative polarity and at least in view of those who need to accept the negativity of the world those who um, which are many especially on the positive path I'm not sure why I said that because everybody's on the positive path <laughs> who is arguing against the or having trouble with the negativity of the world those on the negative path are rejoicing in it um, but I guess what I meant to say is that those in the positive path who are uh, affected still by this which is the vast majority initially um, they need to understand that there is a negativity in this world to accept that is to accept that they are the creator too that it is all the creator there is no individual beings doing something against the creator it is the creator playing the game playing uh, you know police and thief that kind of game you know um, but a little bit more into the question of Don which I think goes uh, unacknowledged by the rest of what Ra is saying which I'll get back to but first Don said in essence that both pillars have the same imagery now, if you look at it uh, you will see that yes it has a sort of uh, same imagery right the same symbols and depictions on each pillar but they are experienced differently much like when we look at catalysts you know something happens in the world let's say a world event like it happened in 2020 and everybody started interpreting it differently depending on their view well in a much more um, general way and yet the first division is how do you perceive it do you perceive this negatively or positively so all catalyst that is coming through is going with that intention how will you face this will you face it with positivity or negativity and that is the process of evolution of course we can't be forced to see things positively let me make this statement because i think it's important for spiritual seekers there seems to be a uh, a predilection for trying to always see things positively stop doing that <laughs> um no i don't wish to infringe on free will if you want to do that you will learn eventually that it is not about forcing yourself to <laughs> Uh, to see things positively oh, I have to love everything no if you hate something hate it look at it look at your hatred you know Krishnamurti used to make this a very important point he used to say people are always um, you know looking at uh, we have to be kind we have to be loving we have to be loving no accept that you're a hateful person 
Jesus actually said this, and I think this is canon, uh, where he said, whoever doesn't hate their parents, doesn't hate their neighbors and all these things. <laughs> I love mystics. They're so contradictory. <laughs> um, whoever doesn't hate them, then they are not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> you see, like, it's there. It's plain sight. You have to face all your negativity. You have to face all of that. So it's fine. You know, uh, don't, don't force yourself to be loving. Uh, I did that. And it was terrible. <laughs> um, it, I mean, experience showed me just by how I felt that it was just no way. I have to face my hatred and my uh, my jealousy and my envy uh, and anything, my my greed and all these things. They're there. Why would I hide them? They're gonna start creating a cancer in me. I'm not talking about physical, but mental cancer, which can be actually experienced as physical cancer as well but anyhow um, yes reality is being colored by polarity so it is us it's it's up to us to see how we look at it and um, what else did Don say nothing else but we can talk about then what I started this this answer with which was that the one infinite creator is no respecter of polarity meaning that um, it doesn't it doesn't have a preference you see that is i believe the symbol denoting spirit and manifestation is the ankh which is there in both pillars so it means that that symbol of spirituality shows that spirit is in everything and again like i said this is a very hard to swallow pill for some people who in a way they look at uh, because that's what religion and uh, frankly most spiritual traditions have always talked about they neglect the negative path uh, because they're not teaching it of course and so from an outside point of view if we're not uh, students adepts monks, um, nuns, or deep studies, uh, students of this, uh, of these teachings, then we may look at it as, <clears throat> oh, there is only good in the world and it should be, so we don't understand why there's evil. It's a very common question that people who don't study the law of one uh, and just start studying spirituality, their question inevitably is why is there evil in the world if reality is love and so um, non-duality I love it because they say the same thing you know there is only consciousness there is no such thing as evil there are acts and there are acts that are in accordance with the knowing that you are consciousness and awareness and there are acts in ignorance which are what we consider evil uh, but there, there should be seen as confused acts. Um, when we act out of confusion, we're not being ourselves. You see? Which is, goes in line with the law of one. I love non-duality, of course, because it is very practical and simple. It just says, if you become aware of who you are, can you do evil things? You couldn't. You could not do evil things, or what we think is evil, uh, or wrong things you cannot act confused when you are in clarity 
period. So get in touch with who you are. And then not only will you clear out your supposed evil or dark things, but you will not be able to see in others. It won't be evil per se. It would be just, uh, you know, the, the lost sheep. That's what they are. You know, the black sheep of the family. They're just confused. They don't know what they're doing. <clears throat> so again, uh, we can look at it from this poetic perspective of it's the one infinite creator acting in both polarities. Let's go to the next question. Don says in question 25, there seems to be a book in the priestess lap which is half hidden by the robe or material that covers her right shoulder. It would seem that this indicates that knowledge is available if the veil is lifted, but it is not only hidden by the veil, but hidden partially by her very garment, which she must somehow move to become aware of the knowledge which she has available. Is this correct? Ra says, in that the conceit of the volume was not originated by Ra, we ask that you release the volume from its strictured form. Your perceptions are quite correct. The very nature of the feminine principle of mind, which in Ra's suggestion was related specifically to what may be termed sanctified sexuality is itself, without addition, the book, which neither the feminine nor the male principle may use until the male principle has reached and penetrated in a symbolically sexual fashion the inner secrets of the feminine principle. Um, let's go bit by bit. We're talking about a book that is not all, uh, present anymore in the card that is at least presented by us, uh, by presented to us by LNL Research. Uh, the cards that are depicted there do not have the book, that potentiator card. Uh, so that book, even though it's not there, and I kind of like that Ross says, um, even though the book is not part of the original card, it is correct. <laughs> Your perceptions are correct. Which goes to show how much we can look at a card and have perceptions about it. They may not be as accurate as, you know, they they could be, but there's always some good observation. Now, even though the book is no longer part of the card, the original card, and that's what we have, um, Rod does describe the penetrating of this protection, right? This, which is not the veil, right? There is a sort of... Um, it's covered. It's covered by a, by a sort of shoal, I think it's what it's called. Um, a mantle. But Ross says that the very nature of the feminine principle um, was related to the term uh, sanctified sexuality. So there are parallels here in terms of uh, sacred sexuality. Of course, when we hear sexuality, we immediately think about biological sex, um, which is not really the, uh, the suggestion here, but rather uh, because we symbolically can see spirituality in its dynamics as sexual, 
we can see that there is a penetrating here. Well, we are penetrating the that which is uh, awaiting to be penetrated. In this case, the mantle, right? We want to see that knowledge that is there. And so that's why I don't think I need to explain the male and female principle here. Um, I think you, you should know it very well by now. It's a very simple, basic uh, definition of dynamics. You know, we all have this in, in all of our actions. So, okay, so the book, which neither the feminine nor the male principle may use until the male principle has reached and penetrated uh, the inner secrets of this feminine principle. So I'm not sure why they say neither the masculine or the feminine, right? Or male and feminine can't use until the male principle has penetrated the inner secrets of the feminine principle. It must be an interplay of the potentiator being feminine, which holds that book of knowledge and then there is the matrix i suppose when it's penetrating when it's using right the matrix is is what reaches to the potentiator um and that's the act of penetration of um, the mental that is covering the knowledge but why do they refer to neither male nor feminine can use uh, the book yeah I don't know that one escapes my mind but in any case uh, it's to me it's it's nice that they talk about the the knowledge that is there because that's that's basically what we're looking for when we are using the unconscious mind remember that the potentiator is the unconscious mind so uh, we're looking at it as a resource of information and so that can be the book i think the book should remain there not be taken away but they said take it away lastly they say all robes in this case indicating the outer garments of custom shield these principles thusly there is great dynamic tension if you will betwixt the matrix and the potentiator of the mind so these dynamic tensions are the um, the nature between matrix and potentiator because of the veiling process. Um, it seems like the veil is also present in that shoal, um, but the funny thing is that it is not on the left side, so it's on the right side. They'll talk about this more and maybe we'll get more answers there. But it it seems to be represented there too, to me, in my very, very limited interpretation of the iconography here. But Ra does say all rows, in this case indicating the outer garment, which you know it's what they're wearing in in the in the card, they shield these principles. So they cover the principles, so it's not readily available. It requires work to use the unconscious mind. It's not easily available. 
So just like prior to the veil, there were no two pillars, there was no polarity, negative polarity present. It was there always, you know, as potential, but it was not, it wasn't possible to develop. Um, so prior to the veil, no pillars. Then prior to the veil, of course, no, uh, no shielding, no covering of these principles. They were readily available again. And so there is great dynamic tension between matrix of potentiator because of this, because of the nature of the potentiator being veiled. I guess one last thing that I will say for the students of the Tarot is that look at the, the importance of the unconscious mind here, the potentiator being so veiled that it requires most of the work. Yes, so these dynamic tensions are very important for the spiritual seeker and for the adept specifically. Let's move on. Question 26, Don says, are there any other parts of this picture that were not given by Ra? Ra says the astrological symbols offered are not given by Ra. Now, I have no idea which astrological symbols were there, um, but we don't see any anymore in the card. Question 27, Don says, the fact that the priestess sits atop the rectangular box indicates to me the potentiator of the mind has dominance or is above and over the material illusion. Is this in any way correct? Eh. Ross says, let us say rather that this figure is imminent, near at hand, shall we say, within all manifestation. The opportunities for the reaching to the potentiator are numerous. However, of itself, the potentiator does not enter manifestation. So, in this illusion, just like we can say that we don't know anybody, truly, we don't know anybody, and we don't know ourselves either, understanding is not of this illusion, what Ra, uh, Ra would say. Um, in the same way, then, uh, the potentiator never enters into manifestation, so we never see it fully we do see the interaction. So I would say that obviously the potentiator is projecting itself through uh, the matrix. And so we register it. We cannot fully see it. Um, now the whole question is based upon Don noticing that the, the figure that represents the potentiator is atop, on top of the box, on top of the illusion. So is it, is it above the illusion? I would say that is inside of the illusion. I would rather look at everything from the inside out, right? Because we know that from this, what we call inside is not really inside, but it's a better direction for me than above and below. What it, what's inside is pure intelligent infinity, which is what I really am, right? When I get in touch with myself, then I would see that I have no limits, I was never born and I would never die. That's just the space within me, the true self, not the self that I identify as form. So everything that is right out here, it must have come from inside. 
So the potentiator of the mind is a something that is a resource in this direction of inside because it's not here manifested outside. So yes, it's uh, it's inside is not sitting atop, and that's why uh, I like that Ross says is imminent is. Uh, indwelling, that's what imminent also means, is uh, is within, right? Near at hand, because obviously if everything that I have here, this projected matrix is coming from my informed subconscious, then of course, you know, this is always at hand, yes? It is within all manifestation. Uh, but it is not entering manifestation. It does not enter properly. Um, I guess it's like looking at uh, at a film, right? At a movie theater, if they still do this, which I believe they do because they project it to the screen. Um, the film itself never enters the matrix, right? It never manifests fully. And yet it projects itself through the light of consciousness. And that's the potentiator, if you will, is what the film is. Consciousness being that which is the light, which has no polarity. It's just uh, one one single beam of light. The polarity is within the film. The film is what creates form. Light has no form. Not in this analogy, of course. So, yeah, beautiful. I love that. Next question. Question 28, Don says, would the half moon on the crown represent the receptivity of the subconscious mind? Well, turns out that the symbol, as Ra says, this symbol is not given by Ra, but it is not the stateful for within your own culture, the moon represents the feminine, the sun, the masculine. Thusly, we accept this portion as a portion of the image for it seems without significant distortion. So you see, even though many uh, symbols that were in the card no longer there, um, they were not originally meant to be there by Ra, uh, they do have a place in terms of interpretation. So they seem to like the fact that the moon is feminine, at least in our culture, um, and I think in most cultures it used to be always feminine. So we have a feminine principle within the potentiator. Yeah, we like that. That's it, that's all they say. It's uh, a nurturing one too. Well, we're moving along pretty good. Let's go to the next question. Question 29, Don says, was the symbol on the front of the priestess shirt given by Ra? Ra says the crux and sata is the correct symbol. The addition and slight distortion of this symbol thereby is astrological and may be released from its structure. I think that uh, that's no longer there. They might have corrected it. I can't remember the notes that LNL Research added to the cards. They said, I think, matrix and potentiator of mind, perhaps catalyst and experience as well, Two or four of the first cards were modified 
then the other ones were used by uh, from I think another I forget if it was CC Zane who uh, who they use the cards because of copyright issues with uh, the Rider Way, I think it's called. I'm not very knowledgeable about this, so please forgive me if I'm saying, expressing some nonsense here. But yeah, they didn't use a specific deck. They modified some, if I can trust my memory. But yeah, in any case, the card that we have for reference has the Crooks and Sata, which is the Ankh, by the way. Um, and so, yes, whatever it was released from its structure, it was done already. And uh, I will just add that the Crooks and Sata means... Okay, that's the next question. I won't add that. <laughs> Let's go to the next question. This is question 30. Don says, would this Crooks and Sata then be indicating a sign of life or spirit in living matter? Ra says, this is quite correct. Moreover, it illuminates a concept which is a portion of the archetype which has to do with the continuation of the consciousness which is being potentiated in incarnation, beyond incarnation. Hmm. Uh, very tempting, this last part to, um, to ramble on. So first, Don's observation is correct. He says that this is indicating uh, life, basically, you know, this this is being um, fed by life, by the spirit, which is correct. I would say this is correct of each card, but here Ra adds that they are they're showing the nature of how your life goes on. So the mind that is being potentiated doesn't end in incarn in in death of course uh, what is lost ra talked about this too what is lost after incarnation in death is <laughs> curiously that which is insignificant in the grand scheme of things but it is almost 90 percent of what we perceive um so it's a very important thing to to contemplate the fact that 90%, I'm giving a percentage here, this was not added in the raw material, please don't quote me on this. Um, but they said, they said that the vast majority of what is lost is insignificant, or at least they suggested this. Um, it is unnecessary, stuff that is unnecessary, and that which we worry about, right? That's why it, there is a big relief that which remains is that which is obviously hidden to us. The, the result, the product of our experience here is hidden, and yet it is guiding our process. So you can see that the, the, the tension, uh, not the tension, the dynamic here that exists um, between the, that which is being fed continuously and which potentiates our life and how that which we perceive in life adds in, possibly, if we are aware and conscious and actively working on it, adds to this potentiation. So there is a dynamic here between matrix and potentiator. Uh, all of that is feeding, of course, something that is going beyond incarnation, as Ross suggests here. 
because your life doesn't end here or rather yes this experience as a uh, individual being ends here but the product of all of that continues on and that is what we call reincarnation and so they say it illuminates a concept which is a portion of the archetype right the unconscious mind here we're talking about a portion of the mind which is concerned with all the biases contained uh, therein right or everything that has been collected everything that has been fashioned that has been uh, bought into the way in which we see life is remain remaining there so i would even go further to say that this is part of the uh, collective uh, view the collective thoughts that create our view which determines how we experience reality moving on back to the to third density moving on to fourth density or returning to whatever this mind came from we're definitely finishing today yay Question 31, Don says, were the grapes depicted upon the cloth or cloth covering the shoulder of the priestess of Ra's communication? Grapes, uh, were they there? Ra says, yes, the grapes were, yet, were there. Don says in question 32, we have taken those, the grapes, as indicating the fertility of the subconscious mind. Is this correct? Ra likes this we know that we liked it because look at what they say just hear the way they say it this is correct O student but note ye the function of the mantle there is great protection given by the very character of potentiation to bear fruit is a protective activity <laughs> uh, i love it i enjoy it when they get so excited that they change the the tone you know, and they, they get sophisticated, even more sophisticated. Uh, so this is correct. Uh, they denote fertility, and that is the capacity to bear fruits by um, penetrating this mantle, penetrating this um, this which covers the right path. I I'm not sure if I mentioned it already well, but the figure has a covered right shoulder, right short shoulder is covered, and the left one is uh, naked, right? Um, so this is indicating, of course, and I think we will talk about this finally in the session, um, but this is indicating, of course, the positive and negative path and how the positive is protected, right? We'll talk about that. Uh, Ross says this is there is great protection given by the very character of potentiation um, to bear fruit is a protected activity so they're not saying it but this great protection is obviously on the right path on the positive path at least that's what I get here because that's that's what the the, the mantle is covering right so yeah that, that's the function of the mantle the mantle if the if the function of the mantle is to 
provide fertility or to bear fruit and is always on the right uh, only on the right shoulder then we're talking about the positive path here the positive path is protected let's find out more about that Don says the protection here seems to be depicted as being on the right hand side but not the left would this indicate greater protection for the positive path than the negative and Ross says you perceive correctly an inborn bias offering to the seeing eye and listing meaning listening ear information concerning the choice of the more efficient polarity we would at this time as you may call it suggest one more full query um, completely unrelated but it's always funny how they they give us this hint you know in terms of time <laughs> they say at this time as you may call it not us <laughs> we don't call it that we know um, we know more than linear time um, but yeah going back to the protection it is true that the positive path is more protected um, and we can see here an inborn bias by whom by the logos offering to the seeing eye and listening ear information concerning the choice of the more efficient polarity um, this is the reason why we have a majority after the veil majority of um, positive beings than negative I think the number is 9 to 1 90 percent positive 10 percent negative according to Ra and that's because it's the there is um, in, in it's interesting here on uh, on our solar system because the Sun the logos has a bias towards kindness and so it has created this hints along the way for us to realize that yes the positive path is the right one and yet we have Mars Maldic and um, I don't know if I can call but yeah we could we could say for sure <laughs> that the earth has this too I'm hesitant to call it that because we know that we have inheritance from Maldic and Mars so some people say oh it's the Martians and the Maldekians we're here you know distorting reality but I don't know I think we as monkeys as primates we were kind of bent towards bellicosity too so I don't know I think uh, the logos has had a very interesting experiment here in any case what's important is to know that there is a a protection in the positive path I think this is the protection that we see as we dive deeper into this knowledge of we being the creator just that is it doesn't matter how we approach it and I think that's why I see that within the law of one people who study the law of one they start on the right foot right because what is emphasized here you are the creator what wait no religion told me otherwise uh, well but no you are the creator it doesn't matter how we take this uh, this knowledge it's going to always lead us into a feeling of harmony of knowing that if I am the creator and everything else is the creator then oh 
you know I see it I see I see this unity that's it if you can see that you have no longer any need to study anything and yet you will be compelled to study it <laughs> because you love it you love it so much that you want to keep going um, but yeah there is greater protection on the right side than on the left uh, I think this obviously has to do because of the entropy that is natural in the negative side in the negative side there's always bickering and fighting and um, struggle for dominance struggle for control so there will be some polarity lost there uh, at some point because you're always um, you're always competing that's the thing and you know we have bought into this idea biologically by I don't think Darwin meant it this way it's just that Darwin was interpreted this way uh, because even he said at some point in um, in his famous book which I forget uh, the name um, he said that um, was it of species I think something like that he said that uh, these are my observations but if they're true it would be kind of stupid <laughs> something like that I'm paraphrasing terribly but yeah he basically said that these are my observations I mean I'm a scientist this is what I'm seeing but if it's true then it's kind of meaningless you know it's kind of stupid <laughs> um, and it is you know we're not competitive creatures who said that you know um, it's almost like saying and I like when people say this um, I've mentioned this in the past you know in spirituality some people with very clever egos they say no um, the ego is a necessary thing in third density because look of what we have done you know that's, that's because of the ego so it is necessary well that is um, unconsciously saying killing is needed in this um, in this reality uh, we humans are belligerent and we humans are terrible beings that like to cause harm on others it's the same thing as people that say you know being aggressive is natural in humans so we we must admit that or you know Freud's uh, very intelligent way to describe um, psychology and yet calling it you know blind libido you know like that's what's driving everything but I think Freud is also misunderstood in many ways because of that um, I think he saw the the nature of the ego yes and how it acts in the sense of lack uh, but like most of these scientists and philosophers they might have been missing the point that consciousness is in and of itself uh, fully uh, complete and it has no no polarity but that's a mystical view and not many got it so yeah I I would disagree that uh, it is uh, we need all of this it happened sure you know that's part of the experience but uh, I would disagree that this is needed so no okay so let's find out what the last question is and we'll finish
Don says, question 34, I will just then attempt an example of the potentiator of mind acting. Would, as the infant gains time in incarnation, would it experience, I should probably read this, would the infant experience the potentiator offering both positive and negative potential acts or thoughts, shall I say, for the matrix of to experience, which then begin to accumulate in the matrix and color it one way or the other in polarity depending upon its continuing choice of that polarity offered by the potentiator. Is this in any way correct? So, kind of an, an entanglement there. Uh, but Ross says, firstly, again, may we distinguish between the archetypical and the process of incarnational experience of the mind-body-spirit complex. Secondly, each potentiation which has been reached by the matrix is recorded by the matrix but experienced by the significator. The experience of the significator of this potentiated activity is, of course, dependent upon the acuity of its processes of catalyst and experience. May we ask if there are briefer queries before we leave this instrument? So. Um, I guess I can sum up Don's question as saying his analogy right? his example is that the infant um, while in incarnation of course experiences the potentiator offering both positive and negative right it offers both and then the matrix experiences that's the correction that Rod's going to make for the experience for the matrix to experience. The matrix does not experience, the matrix records. Uh, it receives, right, from the potentiator. Is the significator the ones that is going to, hmm, let me see, how do I how do I decide this? You know, how do I call upon the choice to make this choice? Because the significator could also be looking at it and saying, well, I'm indifferent in terms of how to look at this. I don't know how to look at it. <laughs> that's the sinkhole of indifference that Ra talks about, that the majority of people are. So we can see that even though the significator um, has or could be paired with the choice, most people don't use it. They just go through life without uh, consciously choosing. They may unconsciously choose, perhaps, or buy into a specific um, illusion within the illusion. And so that's the correction, uh, which then begin to accumulate in the matrix. I think, yes, you know, whatever is registered kind of accumulates in the matrix. That would be right. And color it one way or another. Offering, um, offering? No, not offering. Depending upon, right, the continuous choice of the polarity, which if we pair it with the significator, then it's fine. That's why Ra kind of clarifies it very briefly because they had to go. Carla's energies were already um, going away. So yeah, Ra says, first, they need to distinguish between the archetypical mind and the process of incarnational experience. Very important. I think this is the second or third time that they mention it. Don't confuse third time, actually. Don't confuse the archetypical mind with that which is experiencing reality. 
which is the mind-body-spirit complex. Secondly, each potentiation that has been reached by uh, four, by the matrix, right? Each potentiation that the matrix has kind of said, mm, because of what I've seen, I want more of this, right? That's what the matrix projects, you know? It's almost like when you, the algorithm on YouTube, <laughs> think about it as the matrix, right? Um, the algorithm is going to potentiate the whatever comes out on your feed on YouTube or Instagram even or any platform really now that uses algorithms and so the more you look for certain things is going to feed more of that to you right and so that is the act of potentiation and they clarified is recorded by the matrix but experienced by um, the significator. Lastly, the final point is the experience of the significator of this potentiated activity is dependent upon the accuracy of its processes, processes, processes or processes of catalyst and experience. So the intensity, uh, the sharpness of the, the how we process catalyst and experience then uh, we we lack words because <laughs> we have the experience of the significator dependent on the accuracy of experience. <laughs> uh, experience with a capital E is the archetype of experience. And then experience with lowercase. Um, um, yes, with lowercase, that's just uh, what the significator is experiencing right um, um, the experience we need more words man uh, okay so yeah the, the experience of the, the significator depends on the archetypes of the catalyst and experience the acuity the sharpness of these processes which again it just translates into how much does the person puts an effort into um, contemplating, meditating, or processing, integrating catalyst and experience, then that would feed the significator much more, period. That's it. Very simple. I think the only hard thing about this is to follow, you know, all the concepts and all the, uh, the different uh, functions that, that they all have. It's not very difficult, honestly. What is... What shouldn't be confused with difficulty is the amount of effort that you put into study it or to live it, which is really what the archetypical mind is all about. I put in my slides the last question, so I'll just read it for some reason. Let me find out why I put this last question, which is question 35. At the very least, because of Ra's way to say goodbye, which is also... Um, very inspiring but all right last question is question 35 and don says is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or improve the contact ross says the support group is functioning well the instrument itself might ponder some early words and consider their implications we say this because the continued calling upon vital energies if allowed to proceed to the end of the vital energy 
will end this contact. There is not the need for continued calling upon these energies. The instrument must find the key to this riddle or face a growing loss of this particular service at this particular space-time nexus. Um, I still have one more slide to read, but I've found out why I put that this last uh, question. Again, as a refresher, you know that I don't include this because usually it's just everything's well, you're doing well, uh, massage the instrument or uh, put her in the jacuzzi or whatever they had or they were buying, I don't know if they had it. All that and then just say, you know, their regular I am Ra, I leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator and so on, which we will read right now. But here there is a very important point that I think is something to also contemplate individually by us. Um, what was happening? Carla, even though her vital energies were low, she was still determined to do the contact. Now, is that something bad? Who can say that? Was Jesus wrong going back to Jerusalem and you know being crucified? No. Why did he do that? Because he did it out of the passion that he had for this teaching. And so he knew, if I go back, I'll get killed. But I don't care. I'll go back because this is what I know I have to do. So was Carl doing the same thing? Perhaps. Um, but Ross said, there is a choice. <laughs> you don't have to be doing this. Ponder it. Um, were, was Ra infringing free will here? Maybe. Were they doing it out of love for Carla? Most certainly, in one way or another. The point is that Carla was hell-bent on doing this. Uh, she confessed this. She didn't care she would die there at the bed. All she cared is that she would provide this as a service to humanity. And she did, and she paid the price, even though she ended up living uh, a long time, thank God, and she provided us with more and more information and more of her beauty in this planet, um, which whose legacy is still, you know, changing people's lives. So that's commendable. And Ra did say, you know, if she proceeds, then she would basically die. Uh, so think about it carefully, in essence. How is this practical for us? Well, look at your life, see what you're doing, and see how this may apply for some consideration. I have nothing else to say there. What I will say is what Ross says. All is well. The alignments are exemplary. I am Ra. I leave you, my friends, in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator. Adonai. Conclusions right away. Um, there is beauty in seeing that we all have an unconscious mind. I'm just going to leave it at this. This can go on and on for minutes and minutes. But do this with me right now, if you can. Notice that there is a peace, a space. Peace, uh, peace equals space. I almost have the same letters. 
<laughs> um, so peace is that space that you are. Notice that everything that is coming through, which is recorded right now as the matrix, before you give it any judgment, before you define anything, before thought gets in the way, right? That is the matrix. Between that peace, peaceful space that is you and this matrix, which is being colored by something, that something is the potentiator of the mind, constantly projecting. Every change that we make in the matrix is because we've made a choice. This dynamic is everything. If you understand this dynamic and you don't like what, you, what it's being registered out there, then you know that it's coming from inside of you, not from the outside. You ever notice that? Somehow when you change, everything changes. So doesn't that hint at the fact that everything is being created by you? The thing is that we're not aware how it is being created. Sometimes we prefer ignorance, uh, not willingly, of course, but because we're used to it and we have little time, we would say, to delve deep into the truth of why we behave the way we do, why we think the way we do. And so it's only a matter of choice of deciding to try to understand why I act the way I do. It's a constant challenging of whatever it is coming through, not because challenge is a problem, but because challenge is liberating. Allowing only those things that inspire you, that motivate you, that makes you feel complete, which is truth. Truth makes you feel complete. Speaking of complete, I complete this session at this moment and we have nothing else of session 92. I thought it was going to be four parts, but we did it. We did it together. Thank you as usual for following all the way up to here. I appreciate you. As I've been saying lately, if you want to support my channel and what I do as I approach the end of this uh, material, which I'll continue to do, of course, and we still have a long way. In any case, if you want to support me, go to the description. You can find Patreon there uh, and other links to find out more about what I do. Thank you again. I hope you have a very pleasant, peaceful, harmonious rest of your day or night. Sleep well if it's late for you uh, or enjoy the day, whatever you are. Take care and I'll see you in session 93, first part.